This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Oh, hi! How are you? Good. Good. Ready to go with another After 9, and the download numbers have been absolutely through the stratosphere the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So thank you, everybody. We'll try and wow you with the impressive content that we are going to put on full display for you to critique and do what you will with. I didn't sign up for that shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Before we get to the amount of- I make no fucking promises. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> before we get to the amount of people that are scheduling in sex- I mean, married couples that are scheduling it in. Before we get to that, before we talk about all the things that millennials have ruined and some things that they've made better, let's talk about a few of the things that are top of mind today. First off, the head of Shopify says Black Friday sales are going to be down. Christmas shopping overall is going to be down, Cat, and the economy gets the blame. Uh, mm-hmm. Deloitte estimates that we'll spend an average of $1,347 all in this year on Christmas. While that may seem like a lot of money, it is way down, even from last year. 1347 bucks. When it comes to Black Friday and Cyber Monday, 300 bucks is the average that people will spend. I feel like for people who are trying to get used to spending less this year, it's going to be hard because it's hard to, to go without certain things. But just know the reason for the season. I think we need to focus on that a little bit more because I think we get so caught up in gotta have this oh gotta buy a gift for this person gotta buy make sure oh people are coming over have to buy a gift don't don't stress too much about that and all honestly a lot of people are in that boat so if you're in that boat it's okay so none of that surprises us I think that people are going to be spending less I mean that's the world that we're living in right now and yeah go with your budget stick to a budget do your best right I saw a really good meme that kind of put things in perspective think of it this way or tell me if this is the wrong way to look at it somebody buys you something that's worth 40, 50 bucks. If somebody buys you something for 50 bucks plus tax, they had to work three hours of their life to be able to afford that for you on average based on a a little bit higher than minimum wage. Hmm. And if you think of it like that, it really puts things in perspective. If you're expecting a big $1,000 gift, $500 gift, $2,000 gift, whatever it is, even small things really mean a lot. and, And it really comes down to what the person had to do to get that for you. When you think of it like you had to work three hours at a Mm -hmm. job I know you don't even like Mm -hmm. to be able to buy this for me. I don't know. That makes me even more grateful. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, It is important to think of it that way and also to just be open minded. And if you need to change things up, don't be afraid to, too. We talk about tradition a lot on this podcast and you know how I feel. Fuck tradition sometimes. Yeah. So if you're usually you are in a family, I think about families who are like, God, it's strict to the tradition. We buy we buy something for everybody. Don't be afraid to be like, hey. Let's change our tradition this year. How about we buy one gift? We do a raffle. Let's draw names. You pick one person, you buy that one person a gift, right? Even amongst kids, I'm sure even the, the parents of those kids, like I tell, I tell my in-laws, I tell my parents, anyone who buys gifts for my kids, don't worry about spending a lot, please. Like they are happy. 
you could go to the fucking dollar store. It doesn't matter. You could make them something. They'll be happy. And I full-blown admit I I spend way too much on them. It's stupid. And I bought them too much shit last year. And my husband and I both realized, like, we really went overboard. So this year I'm cutting back on their stuff. But they won't notice. Like, they're kids. It's really just about the fun of it all. Giving them a little present, honestly, will go just as far as getting them, like, 15 presents. It really is. I just, unless, of course, you're not struggling. And maybe there's the odd person that's not. Fine. Then give her. Do whatever you got to do. But just keep in mind, other people might not be in that same position as you. A hundred percent. Kat, the federal government says they're going to appeal the federal court ruling that struck down the ban on single-use plastics. The toxic designation under the Canadian Environmental Protection Act is required in order for the federal government to stick their nose in this. Well, the court found that you can't just say all of these things are toxic because they all have different chemical makeups. Maybe some are toxic, maybe some of them aren't. But to just put a blanket ban on the single-use plastics, the federal court says that's unconstitutional. So even though a court has said it's unconstitutional, the government is going to appeal. Listen to the environment minister yesterday. Um, can I get your reaction to the federal uh, the federal court's uh, pl- ruling on plastics? And will the, fed, uh, will the federal government be appealing it? Um, so we intend to appeal. Um, well, that's a good waste of uh, taxpayer money right there. That's a real good waste of it. Okay. <laughs> that was straightforward. <laughs> the, uh, I think the best thing I can say to put it in perspective is I was given a paper straw just recently. And they gave it to me in a plastic wrapper. And I thought, this is exactly what's fucking wrong with it. This is why the government lost the room. Because there's so much contradictory shit. You you can go ahead and ban all the single-use plastics you want. Go ahead and ban my single-use grocery bags. Next time I'm shopping at at Longo's, I bring my own bag or I've got to carry shit like an asshole from the store to the car. You guys go ahead and ban it. But everything that would have gone into that plastic bag is full of plastic. Absolutely. Uh, amen. Look at the gro- and grocery stores are a good example, but I can think of like a you know any kind of dollar store or any kind of store. It's filled with plastics, yeah. and then you're bringing in your reusable bag to put this plastic container, plastic wrap, plastic this, plastic that inside of a reusable bag. Like we, I did good. <laughs> like we can't control a lot of those things. Don't get me wrong. Like there's the people who bring their own produce bags, and that's great. Hey, you got that going. Awesome. But it's so true. Like it's. Sure, maybe that'll help. The grocery thing, I'm getting used to, so I'm fine. I'm not going to argue it. I don't care. Keep the grocery plastic ban in place, whatever. But for the most part, I don't know how much we're really doing. I don't know. Straws and cutlery seem to be the ones that draw the most ire from people. The straws more so, I think, than the cutlery. I think so, too. I hear that more, too. The straws thing is just stupid. I mean, like I said, I got a paper straw in plastic wrap. How on earth does that make any sense at all? And that is the way the government wants it your paper straw in a plastic wrapper. That's perfectly legitimate. But the paper straw itself is apparently an essential component. So much so that they're going to use more taxpayer money to appeal a federal court ruling to try and get the ban on these things, on plastic straws, back in. And then the government just thinks, oh, why don't you bring your steel straw with you everywhere? Oh, get the hell what? out of here. And you know what? They don't do <laughs> who, that. Who remembers anything? I can't remember that shit. And then you got to clean it out. You know, every time I was going to ask you, because you'd probably know this more than I does. Taylor Swift get behind a lot of environmental causes. Is she one of these virtue signaling? No, she gets behind no causes. Good. Taylor Swift is actually well known to not get behind any political parties, any causes. She doesn't speak to any of it. She's not interested. And in her actually in her um, documentary, America, Miss Americana, she talks specifically about that, how she doesn't raise her voice to these things just because she doesn't want to get caught up in anything. So she just keeps quiet. And that's okay. You're allowed to have a thought and opinion and not fucking share it. I know. 
I know. It's so shocking. Good for her. Well, the reason I was wondering is because she was well-hyped. Last night, she was supposed to be at Monday Night Football. Eagles, Chiefs at Arrowhead in Kansas City. It was going to be great, and Taylor was going to be there. But it occurred to me, for her to do that, she would have had to fly private from, what, Rio de Janeiro to Kansas City, be on the ground for less than 24 hours, and then fly back to South America. Mm-hmm. All on a private jet, and the emissions would have been crazy. Yeah. Hey, I suggested it a couple weeks ago, and I'm just going to leave it out there in case anyone in Ottawa is listening. If you want Canadians to take you prick seriously when it comes to climate change, park the private jets. All of them. Single biggest thing for carbon emissions is rich people flying around in private jets. Until you ban those, I don't want to hear another word out of the government on what I should be doing to try and save the planet. Uh, While we're kind of on this topic, though, let's talk about airlines. The latest rankings are out. They come out monthly. It's an aviation company called Serum that calculates it. And they say our two biggest airlines, Air Canada and WestJet, were the worst and the second worst airline for on-time arrivals last month. Yay! (laughs) We did it! We made the top 10. This is crazy. 28% of Air Canada's flights landed more than 15 minutes late in October. And that's an improvement. Mm-hmm. 28% of their flights, almost one in three, were at least 15 minutes late. Only worse than Air Canada was WestJet. 29% of their arrivals were 15 minutes late. Um, when it comes to uh, on-time percentage, they're roughly around 70% combined, Air Canada and WestJet. Okay. The North American average is 80%. The top two or three airlines, which is like United, Delta, blah, 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 they're at an 85% on-time rate. The rest of the world is closer to 90, and we're hovering down here around 70 with a a very big country and far less crowded airspace. Why can't we figure this out? What is the problem? Or are they just being cheap and canceling flights to try and stick people on flights that are more full. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I know that there's varying reasons, right? We had a flight attendant when we talked about this uh, on our on our show in the morning, uh, the Scott and Cat Show on Energy ninety five three and ninety one five the beat. Uh, the flight attendant said, "Just please be aware, we want to leave too, so don't take it out on us." We are not the reason why, especially when you're on the flight, right? This just happened to my cousin. We were in the Dominican recently, right? So my cousin was on a flight before we went home. She was home a couple days before us. They got on the flight. Everyone settled in. Two little kids, by the way. I had them all buckled, everyone ready to go. And then there was the announcement that they had to wait about an hour Ugh. on the tarmac. They couldn't Yikes. leave. They couldn't leave the plane because it's a lot of work for them. And I understand why. Because they got to cross their T's and dot their I's and all that shit. So they can't let, make you leave, let you leave the plane and then hop back on an hour later. It's just too much work. I, I assume that's why. But please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anyone who works for the airlines. So they're sitting on the tarmac waiting an extra hour at least if it's in the airport, okay, I've got shit to do here. I can do something. I can browse, shop, or walk. Just walk around and move your body, right? You want to move your body so you're not sitting still for that many hours when you're about to take a four-hour flight anyway. So it's, I feel for those people. But we totally understand, and please know, the flight attendants have nothing to do with it. They're there to help you if you need something, but otherwise, don't take it out on them. And there's varying reasons as to why that happens. It's all different, right? Sometimes it's someone's, sometimes it's someone's fuck-up that's on that plane. That, a- that accidentally did something wrong in order to stow something. Like maybe they didn't properly pu- put down something about their stroller or their whatever the case is. There's always differing reasons why. 
Air Canada says don't blame them for that $24 million gold heist from one of their facilities at Pearson Airport back in April. They're facing a lawsuit from Brinks after a thief walked into the Air Canada cargo area, handed over a fraudulent waybill, and walked away with 24, sorry, 400 kilograms of gold bars and $2 million in cash. Air Canada says, don't look at us. We had a contract to deliver it from Zurich to Toronto. All you had to do was come pick it up. We did our job. This is on Brinks. Is it on Brinks? Because I get that somebody pretended they were from Brinks. They handed over a waybill that was fraudulent. I don't know how bad or good it was, but I'm not sure the Air Canada staff would have been able to tell. I think really this is just smoke and mirrors for the fact that it was obviously an inside job. It was an inside job for sure. I don't think anyone's questioning that because this is someone who knows people probably. I'm going to say more than one person's involved here, but these were people who understood the processes. How are they that lax is my question. How does a piece of paper allow you to take that much? There's got to be more protocol. If that was my millions of dollars in bars, I'm going to vet the shit out of that and be like, how do I know the person who's supposed to pick it up is picking it up? I need more than just, here's a flash of a paper and you look like you're, you have a hat on that says Brinks. Great. Here you go. Because by all means, that's what we're hearing. Um, maybe, and even if they had like a barcode, you need to do more than that. I feel like you need to do identification check. You need to cross check in different ways. Maybe you need to add a fingerprint solution in there. And I'm talking to you, Air Canada. Like if that's what you have to do to avoid any potential lawsuits going forward, fucking do it. Trust, but verify. Pick up the phone. You're talking about something worth $24 million. Maybe you just confirm. Hey, I've got a way bill here and I've got an employee here. Just want to confirm that you sent somebody to pick this up. Or that this is the person who's supposed to be here. There's got to be a check and balance. The mm-hmm. thing is, nobody wanted to enjoy the checks or balances. This is an easy insurance scam for somebody. The money's got to be insured. And for the person who got away with it, I don't know I don't know what you do with 400 kilograms worth of gold. I assume mm-hmm. you can't just go and sell that on Facebook Marketplace. But there's got to be a way to convert that into cash. And they got rich. <laughs> Real Real rich. I mean, if you've got two and they're million, gone. In, oh, they're fucking out of here. They're not even in Canada. You'll anymore. never find them again. No, they are living their best life somewhere in the world with two million dollars cash mm-hmm. and four hundred kilograms worth of gold. It's wild. Uh, if if you need me to slow down on any of these, let me know. But I'm trying to get as many stories in okay. as I can before yep. we get to the fun stuff. Uh, a, another ripoff for taxpayers. A city of Hamilton employee has been fired after it came to light. They were using a vacant city-owned housing unit, an apartment, for their own personal use. Hamilton's Auditor General says the employee used the apartment for an extended period of time without anybody's permission. The employee even carried out renos on the space that they were illegally occupying and billed the city for it. Mm, come on. Details of the renovations were not provided, but the report states there was an overall waste of nearly $10,000. You know, it's one thing to be in a department that knows what units the city has control of and what's available, what's vacant, and, and what's already rented. It's another thing to say, you know what, that one there is not rented. I could use a place close to work. I'm going to move in. No one will even know. That's bold. But to then go and decide, yeah, we should really fix this place up. I'm going to get some renos done, and I'm going to bill the city for it. That's ball. That's more than ballsy. Of steel. That's next level. 
I don't know what we do with somebody like this. I mean, nearest I can tell it was fraud over 5,000, but I don't know what kind of a punishment there is for that. Clearly a flagrant abuse of taxpayer dollars, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's messed up. Again, I don't, you just don't even know people who would, uh, maybe there's more people than I think that would do something like that. I don't know. Three teenage girls facing charges after they allegedly assaulted and injured a female cop at a Brampton high school. Peel police say officers were notified of an incident at Cardinal Leger Secondary School just before 10 a.m. back on November the 9th, last week. Police say a youth investigative officer was called to the high school at the principal's request after an altercation broke out in the school cafeteria. They say the officer identified herself as a member of Peel Regional Police and tried to break up the fight. That's when several students struck the officer multiple times. Two 15-year-old girls from Brampton were charged with assaulting a cop and causing bodily harm. A 17-year-old girl from Brampton charged with assaulting a cop, causing bodily harm, and obstructing a police officer. Mm. Two of them are young offenders. Nothing of consequence is going to happen, even though they beat the living shit out of a cop in a school. But they're youth offenders, so we can't do anything about it. Can't even tell you their name. That is something that I would love to see rediscussed. Next time we do have an election, you go ahead and make it about climate change and stuff. But I'd really like to have a conversation about the Youth Criminal Justice Act, because unless we get tough on stuff like this, kids are going to keep doing it. They know there's no consequences. Now they're beating up cops in a school. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's really fucked up. I, I mean, I'm trying to think back to my high school days and there was bad kids, right? We all knew the bad kids. We all knew who the bad kids were, the ones who talked back to teachers, called them names, didn't play by the rules, left, whatever, all those things. I don't think in any of those cases I would ever think one of them would lay a hand on a cop. Well, that's the thing. What you know, the fuck? We all went to school with a shithead or two. The fact that someone is now going to put hands on a school staff member in the school, crazy I to me. Know. That never would have happened yeah. before. The fact that a cop came in to break it up and the cop got the shit beat out of them. I can't believe it. I'm shocked that this happened. I hope something serious happens to the people who did this if they're found guilty. Because that's just not acceptable. Expulsion in the least, though, right? Like those kids, like anyone involved in that I, is out of there. I, I think. Tell they, me. I think even though they're kids, quote unquote, when you do an adult crime, there should be no youth protection for you. Youth protection is for you made a dumb mistake. You shoplifted a chocolate bar. All right. Well, we're going to you don't need to have a criminal record for the yeah. rest of your life because you did that. It was never intended for a couple of out of control bitches in a school that beat the shit out of a cop. It was never intended for that, but it'll protect them just the same. And that's the way they like it in Ottawa because they've had eight years to do something about it and never have. Hmm. Uh, Where do I want to go here? ASAP Rocky is going to stand trial on charges that he fired a gun at a former friend and collaborator outside a Hollywood hotel during the pandemic back in 2021. A Los Angeles judge ruled yesterday there's enough evidence for ASAP to go on trial after hearing roughly a day and a half of testimony. 35-year-old ASAP has pled not guilty to two felony counts of assault with a semi-automatic firearm. He is in a relationship with Rihanna. They have two young sons together. He'll go to jail if he's convicted of this. And I have a feeling that throws a real wrench into Rihanna's touring plans. Well, his lawyer was like not phased yesterday and he wasn't either. So I think he's he, actually the lawyer even said, we've been planning for this anyway. We knew this was going to happen. So we're not shocked and we're not even disappointed necessarily because we're ready. We're ready and he will get off. 
That's basically what he said yesterday, very confidently. Do you think he'll get off because he's not guilty or because he's got Rihanna money now and he's basically married to a billionaire? Oh, I mean, money talks for sure. And if they're able to make something work out, we'll see. I don't I don't see him doing prison time, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. And then there's Shakira we can mention real quick. Who, Next on my list? Yeah, Shakira yesterday. She should be in jail. She, she's going to pay out about... Canadian is probably works it to like twelve million dollars, okay? Because it's like about eight million U.S. for one count and half a mil U.S. for the other count um, that she settled by pleading guilty. But what this does, this will be interesting because so she gets no prison time. Basically, she has to pay that money. That's that's the gist of it. Yesterday, but by pleading guilty there, it might hurt her next case because there's multiple tax evasion cases that Shakira faces in Spain. I'm curious to see what happens because she pled guilty to this because apparently it won't be a good look for her for the next one. She's going to have to pay out more money, which means we're probably going to see more of Shakira because she needs to make money. Yeah, and I mean, it's amazing that I don't get it. Like, we all feel taxes are unfair. If you're listening anywhere in the world outside of Canada, we don't even feel bad for you because nobody gets soaked for taxes more than Canadians do. I get it. But you only pay tax on money you make. And if Shakira owed that much money, it's because she made presumably 10 times more than yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Why the fuck wouldn't she just pay it? I great, mean, great question. We all saw her on the Super Bowl. You can't say you didn't do it or you didn't make the money. We fucking saw you do it. Millions of people watched. And this is over years and years, too. Sure. Because once they audit you for one year and they find out that you were fucking lying, <laughs> they'll dig. And that's exactly what they did. And they're harsh there. I mean, they're harsh here too, but they're they're very harsh there as well. Who, who's her accountant? Who said, yeah, it's fine. Just file it like that. Get the hell out of here. And she's not even blaming anyone else. So I think she full, she full well knew. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. While we're talking taxes, I don't think anything gets me more fired up than taxes. Uh, Back in 2017, for those who don't remember, the liberals realized that around this time of year when everybody's happy and starting to head out to the LCBO to prepare for all the holiday gatherings they're going to have, they realized it's wildly unpopular that this is the time of year when we set the tax increases for next year, including on alcohol, the excise taxes constantly going up. So the liberals said, rather than us come out every year and say, we're raising taxes again, let's just tie it to inflation. And then we can say we have nothing to do with it. Well, let's catch you up. Usually taxes go up by the rate of inflation when it comes to alcohol, the excise tax. Because inflation has been so out of control, last year it was supposed to go up 6.3%. 6.3% increase to the tax on alcohol. But 
thanks to Bob and Doug McKenzie mm-hmm. and several other like-minded individuals and that whole stop hosing us hosers. You remember that ad campaign? Yeah. The government was embarrassed and they didn't want any bad press and it doesn't matter the cost. They'll do anything they can to avoid that. So they, they set the tax increase at just 2% instead of 6.3. Even 2 was obnoxious because the government makes so much money on alcohol taxes. They don't need to keep raising it. Well, this year, unless they intervene again, alcohol taxes are going up 4.7% higher. So the inflation rate for September was 3.8. Food prices increased by 5.8%. Meat was up 4.4. Dairy was up 4. Bakery products were up 8. Even essentials like uh, cooking oil was up 8%. 4.7% is what they figure the alcohol tax needs to go up by. But do they really need to raise the taxes anymore? The Canadian Taxpayer Federation says taxes account for about half the price of a beer in Canada is tax. Half of what you're buying is tax. Like, that's insane. 50% of the price of beer in Canada is tax. It gets worse. 65% of the price of wine in Canada is taxed, and just over three quarters of the price of spirits, your liquors. The annual escalator tax, which does not require a vote in Parliament, is really just ripping people off. And the government's quite content to let it do it. Why? Because they collect $20 billion a year in alcohol taxes. Just in alcohol taxes, $20 billion a year. All you have to do is go to the States and like go buy beer there and realize how much in taxes we pay. Two 26ers of Grey Goose for $30. Yeah. That's what you pay. Here... A hundred minimum. The prices are so yeah. different and it's all tax. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know if they're trying to deter people from buying alcohol and doing that or just make a buck. I think they're just trying to make a buck. You know, I used to wonder that too, because the cigarette one always bothered me. They're constantly dipping into smokers pockets, even though smokers pay more than anybody else does for the privilege of smoking. I suppose the uh, they keep raising those taxes and they'll every now and again throw out a line. Well, you know, we got to make it. Uh, it can't be cheap to smoke and blah, blah, blah. No, I think they're just addicted to the money. They just want the revenue. And if they have a chance to keep taking money out of people's pockets, they're going to do it. Uh, Maybe not in this case, though. The Canadian Chamber of Commerce is now calling on the government to end this annual increase in the name of helping the hospitality industry because they are still struggling from the pandemic. Basically, restaurants are right on a hair. They're on a thread right now, just barely hanging on. Some of them have every intention of closing in the new year. They just want to make some holiday money, some Christmas party money, that sort of shit, and then they're done. Or they don't want to lay their staff off at Christmas time. There's going to be a lot of restaurants closing in January. When you jack the price up of people's bills by another 5%, a lot of people are going to say, you know what? Fuck this. I don't need to go to Name any bar. I don't need to go to Jack Astor's (laughs) and spend 11 fucking dollars on a Coors Light when I can, even though it's just as expensive to buy a two four or very expensive to buy a two four, it's still cheaper than going out. And and that's what's going to happen. People are going to stop and we're going to lose our entire restaurant and hospitality industry. Yeah. What a shame. What a shame. Because it's not, it's not any fault of theirs if their price goes up, right? Then they have to make it up. It's not like they can give out free booze. It's not the way it works. One more before we get to a couple of other things on my radar. The, um, shit, where did my story go here? Sorry, I got paper in front of me everywhere. Hang on. We're getting to the sex scheduling in moments, guys. Oh, we are. Don't worry about that. 
Yesterday, it was announced that it is going to be, in the new year, illegal to import raw ivory into Canada unless it is for research, scientific purposes, or use by law enforcement. That means trophy hunters are going to be barred from bringing home elephant tusks and rhinoceros horns. Those two animals have become critically endangered in large part because of the demand for the ivory tusks and horns that they have. 700,000 people signed a petition to make this illegal. This happened years ago, by the way. They only just got around to it. But now I'm happy to say that early in the new year, it'll be illegal to go over to Africa, shoot a rhinoceros, take its horns out of its body, and bring them back to Canada. And what's really weird about this is I assumed that was illegal. You're allowed to do that? And how many people are doing it? Yeah. How many people were doing it up to this point? I guess they kind of hit it. Some people are like really sneaky with this stuff because they know how people will react to it, right? Um, Can you just go back to the law enforcement? What does law enforcement need it for? I wondered that too. What does law enforcement need ivory for? I know that piano makers need it because that's what they make the keys for out of a piano. I can't think of many other things that are made out of ivory, though. Even that, they don't need to use Even real then, ivory. I think that they're char- some companies are starting, they're getting away with that. There's really no need to kill an animal, a beautiful, majestic animal like a rhinoceros or an elephant, just because we want the, the little tusks out of their head. I mean, the whole thing is just completely crazy to me. But turns out that's perfectly legal and remains legal. Until January the 1st or whenever the new law kicks in. It's early in 2024. But it got us thinking today when we were on the radio. What other things are legal that should probably be illegal? It always should have been illegal to go and kill a beautiful animal like an elephant and bring back their, their ivory tusks here to display them like some sort of a trophy. That, most people would agree, should have been illegal. Let's go through some of the ones that came in this morning by text. How about overselling an airplane and then putting people who bought tickets on standby because you oversold it and everybody showed up? You should be sued. You should be sued. Airlines, this is such a no-brainer. I don't understand why smart people can't figure it out unless they're not smart. If you have an airplane with 200 seats on it, you may sell 200 seats. You don't sell 220 seats just on the off chance that 20 fucking people didn't show up for their flight. The odds of that happening are so remote. I don't know how that's allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. And if you sold it, you sold it. You already made your money. You can't sell it twice. It doesn't work that way. How about free free trials that automatically roll into a subscription? I don't like that now. I'm so... I don't like when they're like, okay, so let's do streaming platforms as a good example. Like, hey, three free months of blah. And then you're like, cool. I'll, you know, I want to try this out. And then they want some of your info. And that's fair. You know what? You want my email address and my info. Fine. But then they want your credit card. And you're thinking, well, I don't even know if I want to pay for this. Oh, no. Just give us your credit card. And then if you do, it'll be easy for you. No, don't, don't try to fucking spin this around and say, easy to, to sign up after your three-month trial. And then they're pretty sneaky some places. They don't even warn you. Like, hey, your three months is about to come up. Just so you know, we're about to charge you. Which I think legally they are supposed to do. It's bullshit. Hey, free trial. They're counting on you forgetting or they're yeah. counting on them have, having made it difficult to cancel. So you just say, fuck it and just let it go for a few months. Yeah. It, and that's another thing is making things difficult to cancel. And yep. I think about gym memberships too, because I know for some people you can sign up online. You can, you, they would love to take your money. You could sign up for a gym membership and they'll send you a fob or you pick it up at the front door or whatever the case is. It's easy to sign up when you want to cancel. Oh boy, you better trek your ass in there and wait 15 minutes and they're going to ask you a million questions as to why you want to cancel. 
depending on the gym, of course, that's one example. But there's a lot of subscription-based things that are hard to even find. Like, where do I... I'm trying to find it on their website. How do I cancel this thing? Yeah, I... um even just simple mailing lists should be easy to unsubscribe from. Right. I get emails all the time from Indochino, the soup maker, and they've got a problem right now in that whatever email server they use, Constant Contact or MailChimp or something, keeps sending out the exact same email hourly. So I said, you know what? Fuck this. I hit unsubscribe because I'm getting tired of getting the same email nonstop. When you go to unsubscribe, it takes you through two different websites. Then oh, no. it's, would you like to unsubscribe? Would you like to decrease your emails to one a month, one a week, one a day? No, I just don't want this many fucking emails. And it shouldn't be this hard. Unsubscribe. That should be the end of it. It's just gone. (laughs) Do they purposely make that screen so small? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? That unsubscribe screen. So when you click the unsubscribe at the bottom of the email, when you finally find whatever it is in their wording that's like, I don't want to fucking get these anymore, you click on it and then they send you to a page and the font's about... One, one point. One point in aerial narrow. And and you're like trying to read and check which box you're supposed to read. They do it on purpose. And it's, that's, that's rude. Like totally it's rude. fucking rude, man. Other things that should be illegal, but are surprisingly legal. Politicians trading stocks. Okay. Case in point, uh, Justin Trudeau is the prime minister and he makes many, many, many decisions. Christian Freeland is the finance minister and she also makes many, many, many decisions. Isn't it a little fucked up that they can impose a massive change on the banking sector and there's nothing to prevent them from buying stocks in the banks? Isn't it crazy that they can mandate the entire country get a shot from a specific bio manufacturer? And they own stocks in those those medical companies? Or even to tell people about it, like tell close relatives and loved ones. I mean, even that's a bit of a cheaty move, isn't it? Like, the, hey, we're about to announce tomorrow that blah is the next shot. You know, that everybody has to take, invest in that. Like, yeah, and so many of them like, did. Last I, they, There's a lot of forms of that that are illegal, so how is that not? If, if you or I did it, it would be called insider trading. Yeah. Politicians can do it, and... There seems to be no consequence Martha for Stewart it. Martha Stewart went to fucking jail for it. Wasn't it that? It was insider trading for Martha, wasn't it? Yep. How about advertising for prescription-only drugs? Hey, if Ozempic is pres- prescription-only, why are there so many fucking commercials for it on TV? Yeah, because they want you to go in and talk to your doctor. That's why at the end of every one, talk to your doctor. And to be fair, it probably works. Like that advertising probably works. It's worse in like the States than it is in Canada. And if you watch any feed, even if you watch American feeds of anything, you'll notice how many commercials there are for prescription medications. And it's always the same shit. It's people like running on their front lawn or playing basketball at the park or meeting up with their friends. They can't actually show what the drug is for. So they'll do these just fucking generic Wake up in the morning and make eggs and you're just happy as fuck. And then it's a prescription for like whatever the hell it is. It's a medication for your psoriasis. You have no fucking idea because it doesn't actually show. Because for prescription, you can't really show it, but you can advertise it. It's kind of weird, but I do wonder if it works. Ozempic definitely does, but that's more because it's being talked about. couple more quick ones here. Again, these are things that probably should be illegal that are still perfectly legal. Fireworks. Mm-hmm. There are so many injuries every single year from people lighting off fireworks, and yet any asshole can buy these explosives. Uh huh. I hate fireworks. Me too. I'm, I'm good to ban. I'm good to ban them everywhere. Drone shows, man. Look up the drone shows that they've been doing lately. Though they're getting better and better. Bring those on. Decline cats. 
and clipping puppy oh. tails and ears. Yeah, oh. perfectly legal to mutilate yeah. your cat. And I get why some people prefer a declawed cat, but it doesn't mean it's not torture. I never thought about that. So I, full disclosure, so I have an Australian Shepherd and his tail was docked at birth. It was not by my choice. Um, but the breeder often sells to farm farmers. So the farmers need the tail docked. That means chopped off. That's a nice way to say they cut the tail off of the puppy. Because uh, in a farm, it's actually dangerous for the dog. Because the sheep, cows, whatever they're herding could step on the tail, and it actually causes a lot of damage to the dog, right? Right. So that's why they do it. But it doesn't need to be done for aesthetic purposes. I would have loved Leo with the tail. Totally fine with that. Not blaming the breeder at all, because like I said, the breeder doesn't know who's going to buy the puppy, and you have to do it at birth. But it's shit. I know. And the, and the declawing thing, too, I get what you're saying as well, but it is hard to think of, like, why do we do that, you know? Mm. How about child beauty pageants? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, no, I don't like, do, do they still use the word beauty pageants? I feel like that's a deep states thing. I, I don't think we do that as much in Canada. It'll be called something different, but do we, call, or do we call them beauty pageants? Are there beauty pageants here for kids, for children? It seems fucked up to me as well. Like it's one thing to do like a, a dance group or something like that. And you have to throw makeup on a kid and okay, fine. The odd occasion, like that's fine. But the, just for strictly for beauty is a weird one for me. One more. Tax avoidance by rich corporations. It is perfectly legal that, uh, well, just for example, Amazon avoided 150 million euros in corporate taxes in the UK one year because they decided to change their sales to run through Luxembourg. And that's a perfectly legal <laughs> thing to do. They avoided 150 million pounds in taxes and it's okay. Yet if you or I got one extra payment on the CERB, the CRA is pounding on your fucking door, threatening to throw you in jail. Yep. What the hell? Yeah. The system is stacked against us. Okay. And on that, let's move on to a couple other fun things. We've still got some time here in this episode of After Nine. We'll start off with our day. Busy, right? Busy. What's the first thing that gets bumped when you're busy? For me, it's sleep. I will sacrifice sleep. To make sure that everything gets done. Some people, though, sacrificing their sexual activity. One in three couples sometimes schedule their lovemaking. One in four who work from home have used their work hours to get the sex in. They schedule oh, it during their work can't hours. Can't even blame you. No, I wouldn't. If I, I would could work from home, <laughs> fucking right. I would do that too. Absolutely. Uh, so let's break it down a little bit more. The most common day of the week to schedule sex is Saturday followed by Friday, Mondays and Tuesdays, worst day of the week for sex. Mondays and Tuesdays. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. I understand why people generally speaking, we do less things on Mondays and Tuesdays, don't we? Like generally speaking, that's probably the day that people skip the gym the most too. Mondays and Tuesdays. Yep. If I had to guess. Uh, People hate the start of the week for some reason and they ramp up toward the end of the week when they're going to get a couple of days off. It makes sense. It's just, aren't we really losing some of the attraction, some of the spontaneity with that? Or or is it just, you know what? We want to do it. It's just a matter of finding time. If we put it in the calendar, we'll do it. Look, we're all coming from that question from a different angle. I've got two little kids. My two little kids go to bed later and later and later. So if we have to schedule it that he comes home for lunch, we're fucking going to schedule it. It doesn't physically go on a calendar anywhere, but sure. I mean, that, that abs- I understand some families are busy, and especially when you have kids, I'd say that's when the scheduling might come into play. If you don't have kids, 
Yeah, I think spontaneity. Sure, like because why the fuck are you not having sex every day? Like all like what? Well, I shouldn't say every day. I I understand that's a lot for people, but you know what I mean. Like why aren't you just doing it? Just because you're tired or whatever, you can get a little quickie. It's fine. That but it's easier when you don't have little kids. It really it just is. I don't or, have or parents living with you or whatever the case. is. Sure, a, yeah, a big I mean, full house, families, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe if you're in that situation, it works. Me, I don't have young children, but. My girlfriend's a very busy woman, and I'm a very busy guy, and that's usually something that just gets cut. I mean, well, it's bedtime. Good night, because I'm fucking tired. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, that's just sort of the way it works. Well, maybe you should schedule it. But if we scheduled it, I feel like it would just be another (laughs) task on the to-do list. Take out out the sexy on it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not even just the sexy. Like, okay, all right. You go throw that load of in the washing machine. I'm going to go downstairs and empty the dishwasher. Then we'll fuck. Then after that, you're going to go flip the clothes into the dryer. <laughs> and I don't want it to be just something else on my to-do list. 29% actually write it in a physical calendar. They have like a weird journal of sex where they write in Tuesday, 2 p.m., nooner. Nooner. I wonder if they use code words. And I'd love to know what the code words are. Yeah, it'd be too obvious to write sex. Or, or like boink, dick. Yes. <laughs> Sucking it. You get, you get. <laughs> One in five have an alarm on their phone for when it's time. An I alarm? Eat, like you're taking a fucking pill? Like we've set the date. It's going to be Wednesday at 9 p.m. And they've got an alarm in their phone. Did it? Take your clothes off. You imagine you got so used to that. It was like, oh, boner. Every every time, even if you heard the alarm in public from someone else's phone, like, oh. (laughs) One in 10 schedule it in their Google calendar. Okay, fine. Got to keep track. Keep track however you want to keep track. Couples who were scheduling sex. More likely to say they're happy with their relationship overall and happy with how often they are intimate. So, I mean, I kind of shit on this idea for a while, but you can't argue with the results. They're happier when they do it that way. Listen, to each their own. I'll, I'll never shit on any couple that likes to do whatever they like to do. What works for one doesn't work for others. And it all, like I said, it also depends on your situation. For some people, it's easier, right? It's easier for them to be like, yeah, we're on the exact same schedule. So we both feel like fucking on Wednesdays and Saturdays and that's what we do. And Or for other people, it's morning sex and they both have the opportunity to do it. It all depends on opportunity and who's around, whatever works for you. But either way, get it in. <laughs> There's my advice to you. Get either it way, in there. Yeah. Get it in, put it in, throw it, spank it, reverse it, whatever the fuck you do. One last thing. It's an article that comes to us today from BuzzFeed and Reddit. 10 things... We're glad millennials either ended or ruined. Oh, I'm fucking offended already. As a millennial, I wouldn't expect any less. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, serious things mentioned include the idea that work is the most important thing or loyalty to your workplace. Millennials, they say, have pushed that notion out. You shouldn't act your wage and be paid what you're worth. There's a job to do. If you do it, that's it. And that's the end of the transaction. No more being too loyal to work, which is something that the boomers for sure, and mainly Gen X as well, tend to be guilty of. Yeah. And I'd say millennials paved the way for it, but Gen Z's here to take that and run with it. 100%. I think. Talk to any hiring person or manager yeah. right now and they'll tell you. They'll tell you. The I hate my wife or I hate my husband genre of jokes. Glad that millennials put an end to that. I always, I always hated that. I still hate that. 
being an absent father. They say millennial dads have made dadding cool. Way more people, okay, my husband was on parental leave. Way more um, people, just generally speaking, men than I know, that took a parental leave. And I think that was, for boomers, for sure, unheard of. Gen X, I'd say lots less. But I, I, I know a lot of friends, male friends, who took parental leave. And that was kind of the beginning of it. And I feel like the, the people I know who took that parental leave really, I mean, were there a little bit more so than others and kind of understood what the woman went through. From my perspective, that's how I feel. Again, the list is things we're glad millennials either ended or ruined. The serious ones first. Next is the stigma of mental health, depression, and anxiety. Oh, it yeah. was the millennials who put a focus on it and made it okay for people to talk about it and be open about mm-hmm. it, go and get uh, therapy and mm-hmm. things like that. So good. That's another great one. Goes hand in hand too with the balance, with like the more of the work-life balance or don't work too hard and stress yourself out. Uh, the final one in the top five there is homophobia and the shunning of the LGBTQ plus community. Okay. Sure. Yep. Some of the more fun responses that millennials either ended or killed. Ironing clothes. <laughs> You wrinkle clothes we bastards, you. put it in the dryer because that's works fine. Okay, you put it in the dryer. Or you get the steamer stick. I got the steamer stick. That's yep. way easier than ironing. Or you just buy those wrinkle-free shirts and wrinkle-free this. Oh, yeah. It also doesn't hurt that you guys are wearing more active wear and leisure wear than ever before that doesn't even need to be ironed. Yeah. Gone are the days of suits and dresses that's in the true. office. That's true. That's true, too. Yeah. But either way, yeah. millennials killed ironing. Crappy chain restaurants like Hooters have gone the wayside because millennials <laughs> didn't enjoy them. Yeah, okay. Junk food. One person says healthy food. Mm. Hippie boomers started it. Gen X commercialized it. Millennials boosted it to the mainstream. It's true. Never on the Sunset Grill menu prior to millennials did we see avocado toast and shit it's like true. that. It's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Your healthy options on menus are prominent. And some people will avoid restaurants that don't have it. Cigarettes? Yeah. Far less people smoke now. I I still think that's mainly a cost thing, but there is also a lot of social stigma that goes with it, so maybe millennials get credit for that too. Country clubs. Oh. I kind of wish we'd go back to that. There was something nice about having a social affiliation to somewhere. It, It used to be when you joined a golf club. You weren't just buying a whole bunch of prepaid rounds of golf. You were a member of the club. Yeah. And if there were there were club events or if you needed to use the hall for your family stuff as a member of the country club, you could do it. And if you wanted to pay for it, it was great. But not everybody could afford yeah. a country club membership, so they all fucking disappeared. And I don't mind that. I mean, golfing is one thing. Like, maybe you golf or maybe you don't. But even, like, having, like, a club, like a place, your go-to. Yeah. You'd have to be, it'd have to be like perfect to your taste though. It'd have to be like, I love the menu there. I love the atmosphere there. But yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't mind a couple of those popping up. Couple more things that millennials ended or ruined that are good. Uh, Bar soap. It's true. Nobody buys a bar of soap anymore. Cable TV. Okay. Yep. The lawn care obsession. I'm not letting that one go. I'm still... I don't obsessed know, with my lawn. My husband it's got to look too. perfect. Yeah, my I don't know. My I a lot a lot of people I know don't fall under that category. Pride in home ownership is what I'm going to call that one. Uh, the last thing that millennials get credit for here is they get credit for ending the tradition of owning a lot of knickknacks and expensive stuff like fine china. It's true. That's so true. We don't care. We don't fucking care because guess what? Shit breaks, and then we're like, nah. At least we can just throw it out. You don't go into many millennial homes where they've got a big hutch with all of their nope. their china sets on display and I stuff like that. I don't even think I have a friend with a hutch. 
Really? Like, uh, no. I, I wanted my so. dining room. It's full of my girlfriend's I, fine china. Thousands of dollars worth of bowls. I wouldn't even want it. Like if someone's like, here's my fine china collection. I mean, if it's passed down to me, it's one thing. But for the most part, uh, no. Because I, if I drop it, I don't want to feel like a piece of shit. I, I'd love to get rid of it. Are you sure you don't want to buy it? I, I'll no, give it to you for a hell of a no, deal. No, don't not. Do not bring it into my house. You can take the hutch, too. I'm good, man, with Great. buying the shit at HomeSense. Like, yeah. whatever the fuck is at HomeSense, I'm buying that. <laughs> don't give me anything else. Oh, great. Way over time here. We got to go. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. Drive safe. There's a lot of freezing rain in parts of Southern Ontario today. We will catch you right back here tomorrow with another After 9. Bye-bye. President Biden took part in a classic White House tradition by pardoning two turkeys named Liberty and Bell. They could have made Biden look hip by naming them Ken and Barbie, but instead they (laughs) went with a reference from 1776. Liberty and Bell got to spend the weekend at the historic Willard Hotel. They put him in a hotel room, which is... Welcome, Mr. Anderson. We have a very special room for you. At Thanksgiving, the White House turkeys crapped all over it. A library in England recently received a copy of Tolkien's World that was more than 40 years overdue. It's the first time in recorded history that a librarian has said, eh, keep it. (laughs) 